Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Quick note for Portland listeners, I am teaching an in-person money boot camp on Thursday evenings this February at the Wayfinding Academy. If you're looking for some money motivation working directly with me, you can learn more at ohmydollar.com slash bootcamppdx. This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association and Chris Giddings. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like exclusive live streams and cat stickers, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Carebake. And I'm your producer, Will. Awesome. Okay, so, Will, this is one of those things that I feel like people feel like they should know how to do it, but then once you dive into it, you realize it's actually kind of complicated. Do you know what it is? People may have it's seen the title here, to yeah. the episode. <laughs> is it quarterly taxes? Quarterly taxes. <laughs> so... If you've got a profitable side hustle or if you are entirely self-employed, if you're someone who sends invoices to get paid rather than getting a paycheck with taxes taken out. Oh, I often do. Then you may need to be filing quarterly taxes. Um, And what quarterly taxes are are actually estimated payments that you're making to the IRS. Technically, in this country, taxes are due at the time that the income is earned rather than at the end of the year. Oh, so and, that like when you're having taxes taken out of your paycheck. That's yes, exactly, which Wild. is you know, what's <laughs> what happens with your employer. And if you're used to having, you know, a W2 employer as we like to call them here, uh just a kind of a, a regular job, not only are they responsible for submitting the payroll taxes for you, which means that, you know, you just get a paycheck that's slightly less than the gross amount that you got paid, uh which is fairly normal like yeah. a lot of people are pretty used to that um the other thing is that that a lot of people don't know is that you they're actually paying half of you, some of your taxes so um mm. that is why you pay more taxes when you are self-employed because you are both the employer and the employee and so you're responsible for both sides of those taxes oh that's a very common sense reason for why those taxes are higher yes believe it or not um And it can be, so here's the thing I have to say about quarterly taxes. It can be annoyingly scary. Like, not only is it frustrating to be like, oh, why am I paying you thousands of dollars every three months, stupid government? Uh, It's also really annoying because you're, if you've kind of been in a passive situation with your taxes where you're like, oh, it's a thing I do once a year. And like, and then I just get all these documents in January from the various people that have paid me money during the year. And then you file it. That's kind of like. this is my plan. (laughs) Right. Which is, uh, which is like. It feels fairly 
it's not like fun, but it kind of feels like a one-time thing. The really frustrating thing about quarterly estimated taxes is if you are required to pay them, you are responsible for keeping track of how much you get paid and ain't no one going to send you every three months a document that says this is how much we paid you. So if you've been used to the idea of you receive your W-4 in or your W-2 in January each year mm-hmm. um, and you have it and then you, you know, then you use that to figure out what what you owe on taxes or what you're going to get back from taxes that's not how it works right so now you have to do all your own paperwork you have to do your own own paperwork and you have to actually keep you have to actually know how much people are paying you which is like weirdly frustrating right um i'm gonna go back to being a barista (laughs) (laughs) right which as a barista you also get paid you know tips which technically you owe taxes on so there's that but um depending on your employer some employers actually take the taxes uh, take the tips Mm -hmm. um, because so many of them are electronic now and and do taxes for you which is like really cool of them i mean it's believe it or not it's kind of cool when your employer deals with this tax situation yeah for that's you. interesting i'd always thought of that as a negative before but uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. i mean <laughs> if you were thinking about taking that cash tax catch tips and then shoveling them under the rug and not paying the irs for them I could see why you would see it as a disadvantage, but right. no one does that if the IRS is listening. Yeah, yep. If the IRS is listening, which you know they may be because they got a lot of free time. They right got a now. lot of free time right now because the government shut down as we're recording this episode. We'll cut that out if it's not when uh, <laughs> that comes out next week. It probably will be. Uh, it's probably still going to be shut down. So, how do you do this? Let's first address. Who needs to be paying quarterly taxes? So so I have a full-time job. Well, not quite full-time if you look at hours. <laughs> full-time full time in hours I work, not you, full-time in hours I'm paying. You have, so a what regular, if I, yeah. you have a regular okay, paycheck. Yeah. So, I, so I've got a – well, yeah. So I'm just <laughs> – I can't make blanket statements about, like, how I'm paid or who pays me because, like, there's no consistency. <laughs> you're a perfect um, example, though. So you're – Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, so I've got a uh, – I've got a part-time coffee job that takes out taxes – I've also got a couple W-9 jobs where I invoice people and they pay me, and then I take taxes out of that at the end of the year. So should I be paying quarterly taxes? You might need to pay quarterly taxes. So there is essentially – there is a safe harbor – um, which is essentially them the IRS saying you you don't need to pay us quarterly estimated taxes – um, for a couple different groups of people. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone that has like a main job, like a full-time job, and then you also have a side hustle, um, th- and 90% of your taxes are withheld, so your income tax and re- refundable credits are 90% of the tax shown on your 2017 tax return. Okay. So um, let's say, let's say like, you know, the total taxes on your tax return ended up being $3,000 for the year or something. Um, if you know that you make $20,000 a year from your coffee job mm-hmm. and there, and you know that they withhold at, you know, a 30% rate, then that in that case, 90% of your taxes would be withheld from that job. Does that make sense? Right. So then it qualifies. So mm-hmm. it's just got, there's such a vast majority of taxes. They're already... Right. being taken care of through that that they don't need the quarterly and and if you make a good income from your side hustle but you have like a you got a main hustle um and you're just on the cusp of that one of the easy things you can do is adjust your payroll 
payroll withholding. So you you're responsible for telling your job how much you want them to hold from your taxes, which is that very confusing W full form that you mm-hmm. fill out your first day of work when you're totally overwhelmed and yep. you're like, put some ones, put some zeros. Yeah, and you're like, I don't know, I'll just pick some ones and zeros and put it down. Um, but here's the thing: at any time, you can go to your employer and say, like, "Hey, I actually want to withhold an extra hundred dollars per paycheck, mm-hmm. or I want to withhold." Um, I want to just put zeros on every single line, which would would have you do the maximum withholding essentially uh, short of taking. And that is if you've got a main hustle and then just some side hustle income, that's a really great way to do it because then you don't have to log into any darn websites, whatever. The IRS considers it all in one big lump, right? right. So you are one human if you are a um, 1099 sole proprietor yeah. as and, part of your job. Yeah, and, and actually on your advice a while ago, I think I did increase my withholdings with my coffee job and another job to sort of offset that uh the high tax on my w9s right which, which pro- probably didn't actually change the numbers but made things a little simpler and so you're both of us are in relatively low marginal tax brackets right mm-hmm. so like just great because there's still plenty <laughs> <laughs> we don't make great money right so um the the other group of people that do not need to owe is if your tax liability is less than a thousand dollars. So if you will owe a thousand dollars or more for or 2017, this is two years ago now, after subtracting income tax withholding and refundable credits from your total tax, if the answer is no, you do not need to file estimated taxes. So that that is actually a pretty low income mm-hmm. um, because uh, it's cool. Like if you're of a certain age and low enough income, you might get the earned income tax credit, uh, which is literally just they give you money back. Um, and with the new tax reform bill, it's very likely uh, people are people are paying less taxes uh, this this year. So wait, why why are we talking about twenty seventeen? <laughs> so it's because it is based on your prior year, right? So like you ain't filed your taxes yet for twenty eighteen. Gotcha. Yeah. And it is based on your prior year. So everything the IRS does is they say essentially like if you <laughs> if if based on the information that you have previously you are going to be good on the amount of taxes you owe us with withholding, then you don't need to pay estimated quarterly taxes. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah let yeah. me actually, like, ex- <laughs> I feel like I haven't explained this super well. So if the IRS thinks you owe less than $1,000 um, when all is said and done for the year, then you do not need to file quarterly payments. If 90% of your taxes withheld from a day job, which could include upping the amount that you withhold at a day job mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using day job might not actually be a day job it might be a night job or a middle of the night job whatever right your regular your, hourly your regular yeah. yeah regular w2 job if 90 percent of your tax is withheld in some way you do not need to do the quarterly taxes and last but not least if a hundred percent of your prior year taxes withheld <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is one of those things where you need to look at your tax withholding on your tax return so that would be your 2017 prior year tax return if um a hundred percent of whatever you ended up paying for that tax year so let's say i think one year two thousand eighty three dollars right was the total amount of taxes i ended up paying for that year after i got back my credits and everything okay if a hundred percent of that i know is being withheld at a w-2 job i do not need to pay estimated quarterly taxes Gotcha. That makes sense. I'm going to note one (laughs) other exception, which is 
everything may be different if you're a farmer fisherman or you're super <laughs> high income. If you're super high income, I would recommend getting a CPA just because once you you start dealing with capital gains and stuff. And by super high income, I'm I mean over around 160k a year. Um, right. uh, so you know you you know you know, you <laughs> and you know. also know if you're a farmer or a fisherman, and you should know if you're a farmer or fisherman. If you don't, um, uh, you know your potatoes in your backyard does not count as a farmer. But um, but if you are someone uh that gets agricultural subsidies of any kind, then you do fall into other camps. Um, you might also fall into another camp if you are active duty military. Uh, and they have all sorts of there's so many laws around active duty military, in which case it usually can be very helpful to um have a knowledgeable military uh knowledgeable accountant help you out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, bet. I bet there's new things that come up there so okay so what this, this is are you panicking yet Do, uh, are you realizing that I'm maybe thinking about it you, you may need to be pay, paying <laughs> i was already unenthusiastic next. about going through taxes uh in april once this year right uh, so so here's what i'm going to say about this you don't have to do your taxes every quarter if you are self-employed you just need to give them money mm-hmm. so uh, you don't have to do the whole form um, throwing money at things helps m- make problems go away often <laughs> <laughs> um the reason that you do want to do this if you are likely to owe taxes is because they actually it it, it's not just a, a nice thing you're doing for the IRS. They will charge you a penalty for every day that it's late. So the way quarterly taxes works, quarters don't actually correspond to quarters. They're their own IRS quarters. Oh, so what's an IRS quarter? And they aren't all equal. So for income that you receive from January 1st through March 31st, you owe estimated taxes on those by April 15th. For income received April 1st through May 31st, estimated tax is due June 15th. For okay. income received June 1st through August 31st, estimated taxes is due September 15th. And for income received September 1st through December 31st, estimated taxes due January 15th. Okay, weird. <laughs> Super weird. Um, notice those quarters are not all the same length. Um, and the other thing to know is if any of those days fall on a weekend, then you need to do the nearest business day after. Your so, day after if it's so on a if weekend. it's April fifteenth okay. and that's reasonable, that's on a Saturday, then it would be on April seventeenth on a Monday. Gotcha. Um, here, if you're in the position where you are like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" I'm already confused. Um, here's the thing: I don't want you to super freak out, but what I will say is that you should probably set aside like a weekend afternoon to get all these systems set up in place Mm -hmm. in order to do it. And the reason I will say that is because, um, none of these are instantaneous. This is not the kind of thing that you can put off and do on April 15th generally. Right. And like I said, if a lot of people are like, Oh crap, I missed the date for, the first quarter of the year and they're like i'll just pay it on the next date it's actually like you should pay it as soon as possible because the irs charges you day by day right and if there's a daily penalty i imagine that would stack up quickly over it, it does stack up 90 it's not, days it's yeah. not atrociously high just just so people know it's the the people that get really really affected by that are, are people that are very high income and don't do estimated quarterly taxes mm-hmm. and or People that aren't necessarily high income, but just totally didn't know that they need to do quarterly taxes and wait like a whole year and and, like don't have any any income being set aside. Um, So those are the people that usually get negatively affected. So uh, and uh, what I will also say is that you can usually negotiate around that um, payment penalty if there is 
issues going on but ignorance is not a defense so saying like i didn't know i needed to pay quarterly taxes is not actually get you out of paying that penalty um but if you do have financial hardship or something like that they they have a lot of ways in which they will work with you i've said this before on the show but the irs is probably the best Mm -hmm. creditor out there to have i will say that when the government is shut down they're a little stressed out (laughs) Um, (laughs) i can imagine uh, but um they will work with you they have lots of systems in place uh I think one of the advantages is that rich people are usually the ones that owe them money. So somehow the systems are really good at setting up <laughs> that for sense. it. Um, that's, I don't know. That's my that's... anti-capitalist view on it. So it can be really annoying because you're like, why are you taking my money, government? Um, but you also have to keep track of it. The website is not super fun. <laughs> <laughs> the IRS likes to brag about how easy they make it, um, but they don't really. They, it's just like easier than harder things. <laughs> yeah, at least you're not doing it on paper. <laughs> so um, how do you calculate it? How you figure out how much you're supposed to send in? Well, the first thing you need to do is know how much you got paid during each of those quarters. Mm-hmm. So let's say everything that came in in your business which is your life (laughs) if you're self-employed from January 1st through March 31st. And what you need to do is use your marginal tax rate to calculate what you owe. If you're like, what's my marginal tax rate? Well, your marginal tax rate should show up on your tax return for year prior. If it did not show up on your um, taxes paid in year prior, then, um, you can use this not very handy form to try to calculate it out, which is called the IRS form 1040 ES. The other thing I would say it's, they think it's, they think it's handy. I don't think it's that handy. It's still pretty confusing. (laughs) Um, But the 1040 ES will help you calculate it out. And what you need to do is you need to take your income minus your business expenses for the period and Mm -hmm. multiply that times your marginal tax rate. So for example, my marginal tax rate is actually pretty freaking low. It's like, uh, I think I'm going to end up paying like 10, 10 or 15% on federal taxes. Yes. And, but that is largely because I get so many deductions because I am low income. Um, and, but remember I do still need to pay 15.3%, uh, which is the portion, the employer portion of my social security mm-hmm. um, taxes. So I, I still am paying like more than I would pay if I made this much money at a W-2 job. Yeah. Just like be aware of that. The big thing here is knowing your business expenses, right? So um, if you don't have a lot of business deductions, say, you know, you're a creative freelancer who doesn't buy a lot of equipment for work, then you're probably going to need to set aside about 30% of your gross income for taxes. If you really don't want to deal with that form, just 30% is a pretty good estimate. The IRS has a that stupidly frustrating workshop worksheet you can use, or you can just assume 30% of your gross income, and you're likely to do fine. Yeah. That being sense. said, if you're like me and you have a lot of business expenses, so like I have to buy inventory, I have like fairly high business expenses, um, I pay contractors, If you're self-employed and have to pay self-employment tax on this income, remember that 15.3% of that marginal tax rate percentage before you multiply it by the income. So it's important to note that this is on profit in your business. So if you do have business expenses, let's say you make $10,000 during the first quarter of the year, but you spend $3,000 on business expenses like a laptop or equipment or you pay contractors. 
that means you only need to send in an estimated payment for 30% of 10,000 minus 3,000, which would mean 7,000. In that case, yeah. it would be 2,100. Okay, so that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I follow. Uh, it's also terrifying because if you're someone that's been very used to like, ooh, cash comes in and then I spend it, um, yeah. <laughs> then you're like, how am I going to come up with $2,100, which is why I'm a big fan of setting up systems from the get-go. And even if that is just a little page in your notebook where every time money comes in, you just write it down and you add it together and then you take 30% of that and stuff it in a different account. Like, that is a system. So you have to have some kind of system set up. So uh, one of the other things you can do, we also mentioned, like, if you've got the opportunity, it really does help to just set aside some of that money from your day job if you do have any kind of employer paying taxes, you can just up that and then you can just avoid this entirely. Mm -hmm. If that's not an option for you, if you're fully self-employed um, or if you don't make enough money at your W-2 job to set aside enough taxes to cover, like if you make most of your income from 1099 stuff, right. then you will need to pay your estimated taxes. There are two different ways to do it. One is through the mail. Classic. And um, that is actually really good if you're, um, one, if you like checks, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just yeah, a checks thing. Are convenient. Yeah. If you're like going to forget to log into the website, which is totally valid. Um, uh, the other thing that that's good for is if you just want to write the checks out and have like one day of productivity at the beginning of the year and you have a pretty good estimate of how much you're going to earn that year. Mm, like so, if you're making money consistently from quarter to quarter. Yeah, yeah. Like some people have like one freelance client and they are pretty good estimate of how much they're going to make you can actually like just predate all of the checks for the year and write your four checks out and then put them in envelopes and then just mail them you know the oh, week nice. that you want to pay your estimated taxes i know a lot of people that do that that's particularly good if you're someone that has like um for example, you're a landlord, so you you get mm. some rental income. Like you right, and probably, very consistent, I'm sure. Yeah, you probably know what it is, and you just you get this tiny little form that you cut off, you print off of the IRS website that has your tax ID information, throw a check in it, send it in the mail. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. Um, depending on what state you're in, there's a different IRS office that you'll have to send it to. So you can look it up on the IRS's website. I will link to that in the show notes. So obviously, Western U.S. sends it to San Francisco. You send it to, I think, Cincinnati if you live in the Midwest. It's, you know, there's different IRS offices. I don't know if you send it to the wrong office what happens. Just don't find out. Uh, <laughs> um, if you're like most people, you'll probably want to do it online. You can do it directly and automatically on the IRS's website using direct pay. Um, there is also another system that you can set up. So if you are, for some reason, not just incorporated as a single member LLC, which is a disregardable entity, as we've mm -hmm. talked about before, but if you actually have like a business set up for that you're not the only the only owner of or like an S Corp, even if you are the only owner, then you do need to set up in the electronic federal tax payment system because that is the only thing that businesses can use. It requires some energy, so do it early. Don't wait till April 15th to set it up because you actually cannot set it up same day. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure it, someone's <laughs> been kicking themselves for that. Yeah. I mean, you can still usually do that direct payment or you can always mail that tax form in. Um, and like the, if you're a couple days late, it's the fee is going to be cents. So it's not like a huge deal. Um, but it is annoying to deal with. It's not a great way. It's a government website. I don't know if you've used government websites yeah, before, they're, but they're they, hit or miss. Yeah. I 
yeah. still remember the the dramatic rollout of healthcare.gov in yeah. was that 2010? This is like <laughs> if healthcare.gov had been made in the early 90s. <laughs> um, it's so you you might even have to wait for something to arrive in the mail in order to get um what electronic federal tax payment system or EFTPS, which is like the worst acronym set up. <laughs> so you I would recommend doing it early just like if you're feeling motivated after listening to this episode, just like go online to the IRS's website and like set that set that up. The cool part about EF uh, TPS is that un- you can actually set it up. So if you know what those quarterly tax payments are going to be, you have a pretty good estimate. You can actually just set pre-schedule all of them for the year. Um, and then you can go in and edit them later. Like if you lose a client midway through the year and you go like, oh, I actually have it set to pull more, more money out of my account on september 15th and in fact you know i'm not i lost a client and i'm not going to make that much money you can adjust it's still adjustable if you've got it's still adjustable but you can set it up so if you're someone who's like you're only going to have one moment of motivation to deal with this (laughs) and you want to just deal with it all at once you can totally do that so like similarly if i'm i don't know i'm what's the example yeah, so similarly, like, say I'm selling used books, and one quarter I buy a ton of inventory, so I've got higher expenses then. Would, yes. I, would I adjust it in the same way? Um, totally. Uh, you can you can make those alterations. Um, so a- another example would be, like, you bought a really expensive piece of equipment one quarter, and it actually wiped out, like, most of what you've paid. Uh-huh. Um, then that is a great example. Hmm. Uh, so you can set it up. And then just do that. So make sure you have some idea of what you earned. So if you're someone who kind of just sees if there's money in your wallet or your account to figure out (laughs) (laughs) to figure out if you have money, like you do need to actually have some semblance of an idea of how much you make. A rough guess. And I know a lot of freelancers who don't really know. Um, And so that is important. Uh, if you live in a state that also has state taxes, which most states do have some form of state taxes, mm-hmm. you also need to pay estimated taxes at the state level, most likely if you're required to do it at the federal level. So if you, uh, if you, unless you fall into one of those safe harbor deductions, you probably need to do state taxes. Oregon, definite, almost definitely because we have crazy high state taxes. Every single state has a different payment system, so you need to look around for your state tax system. In Oregon, I can submit mine on electronically, and our state tax is 9.5% of my adjusted gross income for my business, which for me, about 50% um, goes to expenses. So it usually means I can do about 4% of my total business income. Um, That's just to make it easy on myself. So I usually just send in 4% of my um, business income each quarter to the state. Um, Mm -hmm. And their system- And then adjust accordingly. yeah, Yeah, and then adjust accordingly if necessary. Um, not to overwhelm listeners, but in some places you may also need to pay a city or transit tax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and An this arts is, tax? Yeah. Well, the arts tax is like <laughs> luckily only once a year yeah. and it's a flat fee and, you know, it's terribly inefficient, but whatever. Um, it funds the arts. We love it. There in, in Portland, for example, uh, we have a 1% business tax that applies to everybody in Multnomah County, um, which is a county that covers part of the city of Portland. Mm. That is also in the city of Portland. It's a joint city-county tax. But it only applies to people that make $60,000 more in gross income during the year that are self-employed, which does sadly not apply to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so in those cases, you will also need to set up paying that. Um, Transit taxes are a really common thing that a lot of people don't think about when they run their own business and don't realize they need to be paying that, especially if you have employees. So um, you do need to set up systems for that. 
last thing I want to say about this whole, like, should I pay quarterly taxes? If you're in the position where you just realized you need to be paying estimated taxes, but you don't feel very self-employed, like all your income comes from one employer, for example, and your hours are set by the employer and they provide the equipment and space for your work, or you're a nanny, which is, or any kind of household worker that works primarily for one family, Mm -hmm. that is a great example. It's actually possible that you legally actually should be an employee rather than a contractor and your employer uh, huh. should be handling a portion of your taxes, and you shouldn't have to file estimated quarterly taxes. We have a whole episode on this, trying to figure out if you're a 1099 mm-hmm. or a W-2 worker. It can be a really difficult conversation to have with your employer, uh, saying like, hey, actually, I-, I should legally be an employee. You should be hiring me, not paying me as a 1099 worker. Um, but I think about how much you're paying in taxes that you shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you're also losing out a lot of protection. So if you do legally fall into the employee camp, like they set the terms of your work, you know, you have to attend staff meetings, you know, you don't get to set your own hours, blah, 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 blah. Um, they control when you come and you go as far as from work. Sounds like you're W-2. Then you are probably a W-2 employee and you're losing out on protections. Like in Oregon, you're entitled to sick time and, um, you know, PT- various various like workers comp is a great example. If you get injured on the job and you're a 1099 uh, worker, there's no workers comp for you, um, which is why we've talked about why if you're self-employed, you should probably have disability insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. It's important to have that conversation um, with your employer. I know it's super hard. That's that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, but it seems worthwhile getting yourself in the right uh, tax category or employment category, I should say. Yeah, and I know it's a hard conversation. If you do end up having that conversation, and uh, I would love to hear about it because I know it's not easy and it is kind of the case right now. Yeah. So if you are a rideshare driver or like you do delivery on the side for like Amazon or something mm-hmm. like that, um, that's a great example of you may not realize that you you do, in fact, have 1099 income and you do need to be paying oh, yeah, estimated yeah. taxes on that. So I think some Amazon couriers are employees, but um, but like most like Postmates and Uber and Lyft and all of those, you are that's actually 1099 income. Whatever is more advantageous for your evil employer. <laughs> <laughs> no bias Anyways, on this. Uh... So, so, yeah. Do you have any other questions about this, Will? This is a little confusing. The annoying part is just that you kind of have to make up the math and then make it up the great news about it is if you do this each Mm -hmm. quarter if you send in your best guess of how much you owe the irs it's going to be so much easier in april you're not going to be like oh my god i owe five thousand dollars right yeah yeah i mean you're you're really just splitting up the damage Uh, it's going to be because i definitely have all the numbers i need to figure out if i should be doing this i'm I'm guessing I don't need to, but I definitely need to run those numbers. So um, I, one of the problems that I have is that I just cycle through so many different <laughs> types of employment yeah, and gigs yeah. <laughs> that, um, that I feel like it's quarter to quarter whether or not I need to be doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm still figuring out if I owe for the last quarter of last year because for the majority of the quarter, I had a W-2 job, which I was withholding a, a ton extra on top. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I also, December is a really big uh, time for retail business. And so I made right, a, lot of money. a lot of books. Yeah. But then on the flip side, I bought a laptop as equipment for my business. So, <laughs> so, it, could, so it could really I, be go either I, way. <laughs> I, like even I, someone who keeps really close track on her numbers and knows about taxes, I still have some work to do so yeah yeah it happens to everybody 
All right. Do you have any questions? <laughs> so what if you just can't afford to pay all these taxes that you owe? Yeah. So if you come up with a number and you're like, oh, my God, that's just not possible. Um, there is this thing called offer in compromise. And essentially it is the IRS will allow you to settle your tax debt for either less than the full amount you owe or they'll put you on a payment plan. Um, it's totally a legitimate option if you can't pay your full tax liability and it will create a financial hardship. So um, they have like a list. Um, you can look if you are pre-qualified for what they call offer on compromise mm -hmm. on the IRS website. Um, what I will say is the first step is to actually do the work. So <laughs> I know a lot of people who are like, I can't afford it, so I'll just ignore it and it'll go away. And that's not how it works. It's a good so, plan. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally understand the um, the inclination to do that. But you do, you do need to take initiative, start talking to the IRS. Um, usually, if you start putting forth some amount of money and show that you're trying to make good on it, they are very, very flexible, especially if you're low income. Yeah. Cool. Well tax season is coming up and i bet you'll do better at it if you don't start it on april 15th yeah um i believe that too <laughs> <laughs> and i bet we'll be talking more about taxes before then yes we are going to have a whole month of tax content coming up um but i wanted to make sure that you have systems set up for <laughs> tracking your expenses and figuring out how much you have so that you can file that quarterly tax payment on april 15th for the first quarter of the year if you need to and uh, what I will say about that is if you have expenses that you need to track and you're still trying to figure out how to do it, we had a whole, our last show was entirely, or not our last show. A recent show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're still trying to figure out how to kind of do accounting for as a solo entrepreneur, we have a really awesome episode, uh, in my opinion, all about how to track your receipts and figuring out your expenses uh, a couple episodes ago. So go listen to that. We love hearing from you. Please email us your financial worries or successes. Did you pay your estimated taxes? Did you realize you don't have to? Did you ignore them? Did you ignore them? <laughs> at questions at ohmydollar.com. You can always tweet us at Anomalily or at ohmydollar. That wraps our show up for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And your host and personal finance educator has been Lillian Carebake. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.